This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. Hey, welcome to the Final Inspection Show, Steve Zotke. And I uh, just wanted to start off with some breaking news, of course, with the NFL. Of course, joining me is the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, and Mayor Mitch. And, uh, uh, you, you know, the NFL has been doing pretty good with the COVID until uh, just recently. And it's kind of fallen apart a bit here. Of course, the latest news is with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and the New England Patriots uh, having some positive tests. Uh, and it's it certainly got to be frustrating. And you, you think the, the powers to be in New York maybe should be calling the NBA, uh, even somewhat the, the uh, MLB, and, you know, hey, how can we get on top of this thing, right? Well, MLB didn't do it perfect. You had the outbreaks with the Marlins and the Cardinals. and But uh, after that, it, it certainly simmered down now. It did simmer down, but not only did that uh, hurt those two teams, it affected all the teams down the stretch. You know, it, it you know it hurt the Brewers having to play all those double headers that many games. You know, I think they had like six games in four days, or uh, you know, six and five, or so, you know, something like that. Just crazy, and uh, you know, it's it makes it harder to keep your guys healthy and your bullpens fresh and your other players fresh now. With the NFL, you know, you got the problems now with the Titans and and stuff like that. And um, I think, obviously, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but I think they should have sat there. And because of the year and the pandemic, had a two-week, you either have a bye week in week like eight and half the teams in week eight, half the teams in week nine, where if you have to make up a game, Mm-hmm. You just hope that they have the same buy. I think if they if they you know could go back and do it again, they would do something like that. And I'm really surprised they didn't do that. Uh, I mean, if this was a year you would want to put in a second buy for this for this reason, this would have been it. They did it. Uh, you know, they they had it. I think for a couple years, then they went away with it. Then I think, I thought it came back for a year or two. And then it's been gone for, I think at least 10 years now, I think the double buys, but I, I was thinking about that when this, when they were saying, you know, when we were going to, you know, when they said, yeah, we're going to have an NFL season, I thought, boy, I was thinking kind of in the back of my head, this would be good to 
good time to have t- you know two buys in case this does happen, bitch. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm I'm 31 and I don't remember there ever being double buys, so I could be Maybe wrong. It's been longer than 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it has, but I mean, yeah, like you said, that this would have been the time to do it, right? Um, I, you know, I didn't. You know, I don't think anyone expected the NFL to get through this scot free, especially without a, a bubble format like you've seen. You know, NBA, NHL, they got lucky. They have they have smaller traveling parties. You're able to do a bubble uh, with those sports, but the you know football and the NFL is not going to be able to just because of you know there's a traveling party of probably what almost a hundred people on each team. Um, right. And, you know, today you get a positive test from, as far as we know, just one with Cam Newton on the Patriots, and then I think it was a practice squad QB on the on the Chiefs, which is kind of ironic that those two teams. Would test positive when they're supposed to play a you know the game of the week tomorrow, um, sure. And I'm sure some CBS execs and uh, probably Roger Goodell are, are are you know upset that there isn't going to be their precious game of the week tomorrow. But it sounds like they are going to play it um, Tuesday. So who knows though? Because with the Titans, you know it's it, I think we had, they had three more positives come out this morning. So they're up to what like 15 or 20 now. Oh, and, and that's what's going to happen. So they're going to have to it, monitor this for the yeah. next couple of days, and we'll have to see what happens. I think it's it's going to be important to see what the NFL does going forward and how they manage it because, as you guys just touched on, the Marlins and the Cardinals in baseball had a hell of a time there for, you know, especially the Cardinals. They didn't play a game for, what, three, three and a half weeks? And they were able to, to play. I think I saw during the game yesterday, they had a graphic. They played like 53 games in 44 days. And um, you know, if this if this gets much worse, I don't know what the NFL is going to have to do, um, other than maybe maybe they shut it down and just and put a copy and paste it, you know, two weeks from now or something. If if it gets, I don't think they're at that point yet. I, I'm sure there is. You would like to think a critical mass or or a, or a breaking point for the NFL, where if you know there's there's eight teams or something that have you know double digit numbers, they're probably going to have to think about doing something like that and and uh, quarantining everybody for a couple of weeks and starting over or resuming the season at some point. But I don't think we're quite there yet. But we're going to have to see how no, how no. they affect or how this affects the league and how they sort of react to it going forward. Well, and, and, and I hope in some of the some people in the sports media will will simmer down and, and not turn into excitable boys like they did when, when we had this with the with the Cardinals, you know, and the Marlins where, oh, my God, shut it down, shut it down. And you know they were able to go ahead and do the season. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's people that, that study and and understand how how infections work in that. You, and you're seeing this with the White House now, and the people. And you, you got to do the contact tracing. All it all it takes is one knucklehead. Jeff and I were were discussing this before the show. You know, the one of the people that tested positive. If you would pick all the players in the NFL, I think that one person would probably be in your top 15 picks just because, you know, fair or unfairly, it's one of the guys you might have picked. So, you know, it take, all it takes is one guy, and all it takes is, you know, and who knows what these players are doing. Let, let, let's face it. You're, you're looking at athletes that are in their early 20s, and, and, and they're, you know, they, they got to get their freak on. Let's face it. And all it takes is one person, and then he talk, you know, he talks to somebody, and that person talks, and then it, you you have it, uh, you know, you have an outbreak. So it's something that you know, unless you do a bubble, it's going to be really, really hard for everybody to, as they say, toe the, you know, toe, you know, 
on, on the rope all in one direction. To keep their nose clean, and, yeah. Exactly. You know, and so it'll be interesting to see how, because I can tell you right now, this this if if unless Cam Newton gets a, 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 a two negatives in the next couple of days, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't. I don't think the football game is going to happen on Tuesday. I think it's the same thing that happened with the Steelers and the and the Titans. Even though the Steelers haven't had any positives, but the Titans have an issue. It's going to have to be rescheduled. Well, so it, it'll be interesting to see how where this goes. And the Vikings played the Titans. You know, the week prior, they have had. I think as recently as this morning, uh, no more pos- no positive tests. So it hasn't hasn't made its way to that team yet. And Atlanta last week, you had uh, AJ Terrell, the corner the cornerback. I think it was a he was a first round pick. You know, one of their starting cornerbacks couldn't play last week against the Bears, and it didn't seem to have affected the rest of the team. So they did something right. So uh, you know, who knows? It'll be interesting what, to see what comes out that, of out of Tennessee. That's why I think I, I think they can. I, you know, I, I think they can get on top of this thing. It's going to be interesting, I, and I certainly I think all the fans of us who are fans of the NFL hopes hope they do too, and and they get on top of this and and. You know, we can get this season underway because it's certainly frustrating hearing this news, isn't it, guys? Yeah, you know, it is. But, uh, you know, I, I don't care as long as it doesn't affect the Packers. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, I don't know, maybe a little heartless to say. But uh, if it's not uh, affecting, you know, I'm sure I'd feel different if it was affecting Aaron Rodgers than, uh, than Cam Newton. So, obviously, I hope everybody gets better and they figure it out and figure out a way to play these games. But uh, unless it uh, affects the beloved, whatever. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And uh, let's, I guess we, I guess we can start with the show here. Uh, you are listening to the final inspection show. This is a motorsports based show uh, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Haven't seen, I haven't heard official word yet uh, from Great Lakes Dragway, whether it's going to be a rain out or not, but I know uh, myself who lives only probably about 20 minutes from Great Lakes Dragway, we've been having some off and on rain showers. It's just not the, the best day. Uh, to be at a racetrack in Wisconsin, but um, well, I haven't heard that it's been rained out. But Oz, as uh, Oz, check out their Facebook page uh, at Great Lakes Dragway, and uh, you can see what what's up to date. But they have a full schedule yet, and as as, they, as we all say on this show, they will uh, run as long as they can uh, throughout the year. So lots of stuff coming up, and uh, so uh, make sure you check out Great Lakes Dragway, and also like to. Uh, also like to thank our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Make sure you check out DavidHobbs.com for the latest and new and certified used Hondas at David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. And uh, Jeff, certainly quite a day, quite a week in racing. I mean, chock full of uh, of news and probably uh, the most anticipated news. There's been rumblings about this for the last uh, month or so. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series coming to Road America July 4th weekend. That is going to be epic, won't it? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be phenomenal. And uh, while the entire weekend schedule for the 4th of July isn't really set in stone yet, we don't know if the Xfinity is going there or uh, whatever, but, um, you know, the same weekend or not. But it is, uh, yeah, that, it's great and great for Road America and great for Wisconsin. And, um you know, again, I'll repeat what I said last week. Too many road courses. Well, we'll be talking more with uh, Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel coming up at the bottom of the hour. 
uh, talk about the Road America date and uh, also reminisce about the first one. The Cup Series did race at Road America back in 1956. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that and then also what, what to expect in 2021 at Road America uh, for the Cup Series. And also uh, some interesting news um, coming out of NASCAR. Uh, NBC uh, NASCAR and NBC Sports is reporting uh, Atlanta might be uh, heading for a repro- repave and reprofiling, Jeff. Are we, are we yeah. going to get rid of this curse of the 1.5 uh, tracks? I said when they did it, they ruined that track. Now, granted, I'm a little, uh, you know, I, I, there's reasons for me, and, and I think a lot of Wisconsin fans are, because in 1992, of course, Alan Kowicki won the the championship at Atlanta in the final race of the year. And at that point, it was a unique track. Uh, there was the only track like it. And then what they, they did, like uh, they've been doing with a few of these tracks, they switch them around, turn the back stretch and the front stretch, vice versa. They put in kind of a pseudo Charlotte slash Texas kind of uh, front straightaway in. And I, I just don't. I mean, they've had some good finishes there, but uh, I, I just liked Atlanta was kind of unique to itself somewhat. And I just like the old way. I don't think they're going to go back to the old, the old track. But it'll be interesting to see what happens there at Atlanta, Jeff. Yeah, it will. And they haven't said what the reprofiling is going to be. Whether they're going to bring it back to the traditional oval where it was, or you know, kind of now how it looks like Charlotte and most of the other cookie cutter tracks. My concern is the repave. You know, Atlanta is such a phenomenal track because the tire fall off is so huge. Mm-hmm. You know, you run mm-hmm. five laps there and you're, you know, pretty much a full second behind somebody on fresh tires. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about how that massive tire fall off on tracks like that. It opens up many different strategies for the crew chiefs. Do you short pit? Do you keep your guy out there as long as possible? And a lot of that comes down to points and where you're at and all that. But, uh, you know, I just hope that the repave does not ruin the track because Atlanta has been, they've put on really good races the last bunch of years. And, you know, obviously being a Harvick fan, I love it because he's straight dominated there. But, um, you know, I, but besides the fact that, that my guy has won there, uh, 8 million times in the last handful of years, it, uh, it's it's exciting racing, and I hope that the repave doesn't sit there and make it where it's one of those tracks where you can run 50 laps and you're still within a tenth or two tenths of uh, somebody on fresh tires because, to me, that's not exciting. No, it certainly is not. And then plus we have the, the 2020 Cup Series uh, schedule that came out, and I want to talk about that coming up next in the next segment. In fact, uh, we got a full show today. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media. We'll talk about the 2020 schedule and some else, and uh, also Talladega, which of course is happening this weekend. We'll talk with the aforementioned Dave Coleman from JS Online, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Talk about the Road America date uh, with the Cup Series coming Fourth uh, of July weekend in 2021. We do our predictions. Hour two, we'll have John Orovitz, uh, who's, who's uh, been a longtime 
uh, long-time media member, PR rep in uh, the kart series and IndyCar series. He's done a book on uh, PacWest Racing. Uh, We'll talk about that and then also talk about the Harvest GP where he's at uh, down in Indianapolis this weekend. We'll do our three questions with Larry and then uh, we'll talk with Eddie Lapine and get some. We have some late breaking news that happened in Formula One this week as well as IMSA. Some changes coming up in 2021. And then uh, we'll have a a really interesting interview with Kurt Busch to finish out that second hour coming up on uh, the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And David Obsonda will be back with Dennis Michelson after this. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now... Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Yes, it is Dennis Michelson joining the Polish Pipe Bomb and myself. Dennis, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Great to be here, as always. I tell you what, a lot of stuff to a lot of news uh, this week in the world of NASCAR. The biggest, of course, being the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. And we, we've been saying, all three of us, for the, for the last year, that there, we're going to see some big changes in 2021. And we certainly uh, have seen that with the new with the new schedule. And I must say, overall, I'm I'm rather pleased with it. I thought they had to make some bold changes. There's a couple tracks that fell off that I'm happy or have been reduced and there's a couple additions obviously that 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 we like but uh let's kind of walk through the schedule here uh of course starts off with the clash uh February 9th on a Tuesday night you know done on the road course okay fine whatever they needed to change that up the duels of course on Thursday before the Daytona 500 and, uh, of course, the Daytona 500 starts off February 14th. Uh, I guess the biggest change now, they've compressed the schedule a little bit, Dennis, uh, at Daytona. And then the following week, they're going to stay in Florida and go to uh, Homestead and moves to race number two. So what do you think of the schedule so far off uh, with their Florida run to start off the year? It, it makes a lot of sense to Stay in Florida if they're not going to have the Miami race be the last race of the season. I always loved that racetrack at the end of the season because I thought it was a pretty fair track for everybody. It was pretty racy here in recent years. And, you know, I just kind of thought that was a good track to finish the season at. But if they're going to move the season ender, and they want to use Homestead Miami in the most effective way, sliding it into that second spot makes a lot of sense. I have no problem with the clash being on the road course, show something a little bit new. That event started as a way for the TV guys to test out all the equipment because they weren't used to doing racing. That's why we forget that that race was in there, and it was also the hype the Daytona 500. Do you need to hype the biggest stock car race of the year anymore? I don't think so. So I like that move. It gives us something a little bit different on a Tuesday evening. And then moving qualifying to Wednesday, though, it really 
gets them very weather sensitive. If they get rained out, what are they going to do? Have qualifying on Thursday and then race the duels Thursday evening. That's the only thing. Or they could have a true qualifying race. Yeah, I I guess, but it kind of ruins the, the whole idea of having a separate poll day for Daytona and locking in those first two positions because the duels don't mean anything anymore. The duels just, what, they sort out like six guys that are going to run at the end of the pack anyway. You know, unless you go ahead and open it up and say, you know what, I understand we have this charter system, but for the biggest race of the year, just like Indianapolis does for the 500, everybody is on even ground, and the only ones that are guaranteed a spot in the Daytona 500 are the final eight from last year that would mix it up and that would make the duels exciting again because you could have a big team go home and with the way they've got the chase system now there's no fear of one team missing a race and being you know hundreds of points behind like the old days so it won't cost them a championship it just adds more drama for the fans and for the duels and makes them important again i would I would go for that idea. I do yeah, like we, we, the, uh, the schedule because I think that um, bringing qualifying back for the 500, having the, the clash, the duels, uh, all that stuff, it turns, you know, it keeps Daytona even in, you know, pandemic times, which we are now, who knows where we'll be in February. It keeps it like a week-long event, you know, speed weeks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, my only thing was, you know, the one of the reasons why they gave for having Miami race too was that people could travel straight from Daytona, like fans could just add another week uh, and go, you know, from Daytona down to Miami and watch the race down there. And, you know, if you already have a week at the racetrack in Daytona, I, I doubt that people are going to take the trip south and uh, and spend another week at Miami, but... Well, maybe a lot of people are crazier than I am. Well, let, 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 let's pick this up because we're, we'll be here till about 4 o'clock if we do with a schedule like this. Uh, let's pick it up then a, a little bit. Then then they move to the West Coast, which they have done in the past. Uh, Auto Club Speedway, uh, Las Vegas, Phoenix. Come back to Atlanta. Atlanta There is more towards the end of March, which I think is better, especially for weather. Uh, the one, the the one of the big changes here is the Bristol Dirt Race. Yes, they're going to put dirt on Bristol for the first race of the year. Dennis, I want to get your opinion on that in just a moment here. Uh, my only one of my concerns though is that March twenty eighth date for dirt. It'll be interesting to see if that's advantageous, good or what. I also I thought they maybe could have moved it uh, back or down a, a, a few slots. Uh, because they got Martins, Martinsville and Richmond after that. I thought maybe Bristol would have been better more towards the middle of April. Uh, we have Talladega, Kansas, Darlington, Dover, and then uh, Coda. I want to talk about Coda here in just a minute, but let's uh, revisit the Bristol Dirt Race. Uh, Dennis, uh, the World of Outlaws raced at Bristol when they had dirt, I want to say about 15 years ago or so. There's concern to that because you're you're going from a uh, basically a 1400 pound uh, sprint car to a uh, you know 3400 uh, cup car, a uh, lot heavier car. But supposedly the technology has changed enough where they think they'll be able to pull this off. What says you? 
Well, I don't know. I was there. Uh, it was 2000 and 2001 that I believe they did the uh, the dirt races there, and there was nothing wrong with the dirt racing. It was kind of average, to be honest with you. I was not thrilled as a fan of dirt track racing. About the only thing that made it interesting is the fact that it was at Bristol and they were doing some serious speeds on the high banks. But they did tear up the track a bit. Now, that's sprint cars with a lot of torque and big motors. You go ahead and put a 3,400-pound stock car on the dirt. I don't know what that's going to do. I don't know what the length of the race is going to do to that track as it wears in and and stuff like that. I don't know what coming on and off the pits to pavement in the pits and changing tires is going to do when you go back up on dirt. I, there's a lot of uncertainty there. I guess that is part of the, the deal. Is it just a gimmick, though, is, is my problem with it? And you're right about the weather. I mean, March 28th, they'll get the race in just fine 99% of the time, but it's going to take a couple of weeks to prep that track, and it can be pretty cold in early March in mm-hmm. Bristol, Tennessee. So, I'm just worried about getting that track ready on time and and being able to do it. Um, you know, their their bailout is if they have rain or the have bad conditions, they can do it on the following Saturday, uh, which is Easter Sunday weekend. So I think there's a possibility of having a week built in um, of a saving grace if they need it. Now, hopefully they won't need it, and hopefully it'll be unseasonably warm down there because uh, as soon as they announced they were putting dirt on Bristol, I went and bought tickets, so I'll be there for that race. (laughs) I did think uh, Kurt Busch made some uh, interesting comments about it, saying that with the heat that the stock cars produce, that they are going to straight cook that dirt, and he said that the cars will be going so so darn slow that it's going to look absolutely ridiculous. I hope that doesn't happen. I, you know, uh, you mentioned the gimmick uh, aspect of it, Dennis, and I, I could see that happening, but um, you know, I, I hope it's successful. We all love the uh, truck race at Eldora. So hopefully this, you know, this works and works out well for NASCAR. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how that works off. Uh, I mentioned uh, before I let off on this, the f- basically the first half of the schedule. Uh, I know uh, J- Jeff is real excited about Circuit of the Americas uh, coming onto the schedule May twenty third. Then we do uh, Charlotte on the traditional Memorial Day weekend. Then we have another road course at Sonoma. And then uh, one of the changes, a couple of changes coming up, of course, is the All Star Race now moves to Texas. Uh, in the second weekend of June, and then uh, the following weekend after that is the Nashville Super Speedway. It's just interesting with Nashville, uh, the Nashville uh, uh, Super, the concrete track, uh, comes to the uh, NASCAR Cup Series schedule. NASCAR also is getting an IndyCar race. Uh, not at the fairgrounds, which a lot of people uh, say is the best track <laughs> in Nashville, which is not being used. And uh, they're racing downtown on a street circuit. So it's interesting. Nashville gets two races, and uh, but neither is at the, what a lot of people think. And I think Dennis might agree with me, might be the best track uh, uh, out in Nashville, which is the uh, at the fairgrounds. Dennis, you any uh, yeah. feedback on that? 
absolutely love that Nashville Fairgrounds racetrack, but the big problem is there's no safer barriers there, and yeah. there's no pit stop that or pit stalls that could or pit space that could accommodate. Uh, an entire, you know, 40 car, 36 car, I guess, NASCAR field now. Um, so that would be the problem. There's not enough pit space. That would be an issue. And, you know, as much as I love the fairground speedway, it's more of a, of a late model track, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, used to be, you know, they used to run the NASCAR guys there, but that was back in the day when the bodies could be beaten and banged on. You had the open exactly. wheel wells, and you didn't have anything in the front that they could get broken up. So that was a track that was really good for beating and banging. I do like the Circuit of Americas on the on the schedule. I'm kind of surprised it didn't go a little bit earlier in the season with that and move some of the races like Atlanta back maybe a week or two. But the one change that you didn't mention that maybe a lot of folks are overlooking is the fact that Darlington gets power added to the engines this year. Uh, at both Darlington events, we're going to get the high-horsepower, low-downforce uh, package, and that's going to bring back good racing. I was just imagining all the greats of NASCAR history rolling over in their graves when they heard guys about not having to lift going into turn one at Darlington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the races that they had there this year were exciting. The uh, the change of the All Star race to Texas, you know, I to me, I could care less where the All Star race is. I watch it every year because it's racing, and I'm disappointed in it every year because it usually <laughs> sucks. Dennis, you think Eddie's going to do something like put a ring of fire that they're going to have to jump through, or you know, like they've got to go over a moat with uh, sharks with laser beams on their head or something like that to make it make it actually interesting. Well, if anybody is going to do it, it'll be uh, the guy that I I still think was the illegitimate son of Humpy Wheeler. Um, you know, because Eddie is just creative with the stuff that he comes up with, but. Here's for the NASCAR guys. Why didn't they think about this? Well, I guess because they wanted to be at Nashville Super Speedway and not at the fairgrounds. You could have held the the all-star race at the NASCAR Fairgrounds Speedway. How cool would that have been? And, you know, maybe you could have done the all-star race at the the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway and then go to the Nashville Super Speedway on Father's Day the next week. Now, that would have been really cool. Of course, Texas Motor Speedway would be suing NASCAR again for losing a date. I think it was a, a, a reasonable swap for them to get the all-star race instead of uh, two cup dates. All right, moving forward here, then we have uh, the Pocono doubleheader, which I'm fine with, and then the aforementioned Road America, yippee, at July 4th weekend. Uh, we're happy about that. Atlanta again, so Atlanta gets a second race. New Hampshire's down to one race. Watkins Glen, Indy Road Course. Two road courses in a row. Jeff is really excited about that. I can just hear it. Just His legs are shaking in excitement. Uh, we have Michigan, and then Daytona once again. I like that. I like Daytona as the uh, the last regular season race on the schedule. And then uh, and then for the playoff races, we have Darlington once again. Uh, so Darlington second race, Richmond, Bristol, Las Vegas, Talladega, the Charlotte Roval, another road course Jeff is excited about. Texas, Kansas, Martinsville, and Phoenix. Uh, 
Kansas um, is a meh track to me. I'm just not excited about Kansas, uh, but I'm uh, some of the one of the tracks that's gone. Loudon, I'm kind of surprised by that. I wasn't a big fan of 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 Loudon, but I, I guess I was surprised that they did leave. I thought maybe one. I, I guess I would have been happy with one Kansas, one Loudon track. Uh, Dover, I'm happy is only one race. I, I'd actually, if I would, if I had a choice to knock off one, I would have knocked off Dover over Loudon. I know I've I've been on that, been talking about that for years on this show. I hate Dover. It's a personal thing with me. But I uh, just never liked it. But, uh, Dennis, uh, feedback on the rest of the schedule. I, I thought there was one race at New Hampshire uh, in it's, July. I, oh, there is. I I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah. I went over that. Yeah. I, New I, Hampshire. So, so Dover and, Dover and New, New Hampshire both losing a race. I'm okay with right. I just wish, I wish instead of making Daytona the last race, I would have maybe made the Indianapolis road course the last race of the regular season, switching things around and making Daytona on October 31st um, as an elimination in the round of eight to get to the championship race and and move Kansas up earlier in the schedule. October 24th for Kansas Speedways, you know, I know traditionally they've been an October date, but... October getting that late in October for Kansas is sort of uh, begging for some problems from from some stormy weather. Not necessarily snow, but they tend to get some pretty good stormy weather towards the end of October, um, and you know then get some pretty nasty cold weather in on the backside of that. So that's pretty late for them. Um, but you know overall, I mean, there's always going to be little tweaks that you could do. I'm still not a fan of that Charlotte Roval. I know I'm in the minority on that one. I love the fact that they're coming to Road America, though, because if you're going to do more road course racing, do real road courses. And in yes. my opinion, the Indianapolis road course qualifies as a real road course. That thing is pretty sporty. And I've seen full-size sports cars, um, you know, Corvettes and the like, put on a really good show on that infield road course, um, I would like to see them use the other chicane area, the other area down there in turn one, but I know they traditionally don't do that uh, when it comes to anything other than uh, motorcycles and F1, but I'd love to see them have that tricky little section as well because that's a good passing zone with a good braking zone down there and then uh, getting back on the gas, coming back on to turn one. But... Um, but I, I'm I'm good with the extra road courses, um, you know. But I I still I think if you're going to add more road courses, get rid of the doggone Roval and and he have one race at Charlotte under the high horsepower, low downforce um, rule set, and see if that gives us better racing at the intermediate tracks. Yeah, throw on 15 more road courses. Why not? Uh, Dennis, we're running out of time here. We got Xfinity later today and Cup uh, tomorrow. Who are your uh, picks if you're heading to the window? Well, Xfinity, uh, I'm I'm going to take uh, whoever's driving a Joe Gibbs car. Um, that That's always my pick on the uh, Xfinity side. And on the, uh, on the NASCAR side of things for the Cup division, I'm going to take Kevin Harvick. And uh, just going to give you a quick reminder to go over to fakepigskin.com. If you need help with your fantasy 
sports uh, football picks because, of course, uh, I'm over there all the time. Excellent. Well, thank you, Dennis. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. We'll post those picks uh, after the show, of course, as we always do. And coming up next, we're going to talk with Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel about the big news with uh, Cup with the NASCAR Cup Series coming to Road America right after this on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Along with our friends at David Hobsonda joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Once again, Dave, thank you for taking time out. As uh, you are in, uh, you're, you're being a youper today. Just about, yeah. I uh, I couldn't go much farther north than in uh, in Wisconsin. So although I, and I did vis- visit the uh, the fifty first state there earlier today. So yep. <laughs> the uh, well, you know, I, I've I've always said this. Once once you get north of Wausau, it's Canada. So <laughs> <laughs> not quite. I know. But, uh, of course, the big news uh, is the NASCAR uh, Cup Series coming to Road America in 2021. It's been rumored for a while. And kind of walk us through, uh, you have an excellent article, of course, uh, that you can uh, our listeners can access at jsonline.com. And kind of walk us through how, how this all came about, please. Well, this is, I mean, this is really interesting. I, I think certainly that's one of the questions that's been asked, like, forever, almost as long as I've been doing this, maybe as long as I've been doing this, when are you going to get a cup race? When are you going to get a cup race? When are you going to get a cup race? Um, then, you know, the well, I guess nationwide at that time, uh, that, that that was a, a good place in 2010 when the, when the mile had its trouble. Um, that was a great place for it to land and stay in this area and, you know, ser- serve the, uh, serve Wisconsin with, with the What's now the Xfinity series, um, and then so the question heated up: When are you going to get a Cup race? When are you going to get a Cup race? You know, it just get, it got mm-hmm. louder and louder, and certainly that that first good year there, uh, that was that was really made made things look promising, and then it tailed off a little bit. Like you know, you you kind of expect that, I guess, and I, I think maybe four or five years ago, I, it wouldn't have surprised me just as much. If Xfinity didn't come back, you know, I mean, if they just kind of, if that that was heading in heading in the wrong direction, why do you do it? That kind of thing. And then they, at that point, by that point, they had or were about to get uh, IndyCar back. So, you know, in my mind, it it kind of could have gone either way then. Um, so it's kind of it is interesting. Um, I would certainly much rather go this direction. Let's add a Cup race than. Uh, then let's let's lose the Xfinity series. I think sure. the place put on. It's certainly well for us to sit here and talk about what a great racetrack it is is just a waste of everyone's time because they all know that um, it's a, you know fabulous place and um, you know great racing should be there. So uh, it, it, the the interest in road racing in the NASCAR community has grown in the time that. Uh, the series has been at Road America, so that that all kind of plays plays into this. And obviously, now we're going to the series is going to at six uh, 
uh, road course slash fake course slash whatever um, next year, kind of doubling the amount. So obviously this is uh, this is what people want or what they think people want, and it'll be uh, obviously they're they're gearing up. I mean they're they're ready for their biggest event by far based on uh, based on everything I've seen here in the last couple of days. So it'll be the next nine months will be interesting. Yeah, Dave, and we all know, you know, great track, and I'm sure that uh, Wisconsin fans will turn out huge, and the place will just be, you know, probably sold out for uh, for the 4th of July Cup race. What can Road America do to make it where they don't have 15-minute cautions? Because, you know, every time they run the Xfinity Series there, this last time was just a complete embarrassment at the end of the race, uh, how long those cautions took. What can they do to speed that up? Yeah, that's uh, well. <laughs> now I'm going to be careful, um, uh, but yeah, that, the question immediately after when are you going to get a cup race was what am I supposed to do during a caution? Because holy cow, um, they're ridiculously long, and we know it's a four mile lap, so so that plays into it. I don't know. I mean, I think it's been nice to see what IndyCar has been able to do in getting some of that clean up some of the debris stuff done without a caution. Uh, anything they can do that way, and that's, that's very early in my, car, well, in my conversation with, uh, with Mike Kircher, the track uh, president and GM, that was one of the things. I mean, the, the two complaints about NASCAR at the track are uh, the cautions are ridiculous and fan access to the show is so limited compared to what 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 the other weekends there are like, so I mean, there. What can Road America do? I don't know what Road Americans can do. Road America can beg and plead on behalf of of the fans, <laughs> uh, but NASCAR runs that. You know, NASCAR runs race control, and their procedures are you pack up the field behind the pace car, and then blah 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 blah. You know, there there's just this. The sort of um, the, the, the list of procedures that they use at Bristol is the same as the procedures they use at Road America to a, to a certain degree. So yeah, it, it just the place behaves a whole lot different. The race unfolds a whole lot different when you're doing that on a short track versus when you're doing that on four miles. Um, I anything you can do to get a half lap caution or something, you know with a pace car on the backside or three pace cars or whatever to get that field packed up and ready to pit, you know, the next time they, they, they come around rather than taking a lap to get it all sorted out and then come around. And then, of course, you have the stage breaks, which make it all that much worse because you automatically have a couple of unnatural cautions built into it uh, in addition to whatever you're going to get. So the they are um, at NASCAR's, Request, insistence, whatever. They're doing some stuff. They're going to be doing some stuff with runoffs and what they describe as recovery areas. I hope that doesn't translate to long places where you can drive outside the racetrack on the other side of the curbing because I don't like that. But I think some of that will be intended to keep people from going too far off in gravel traps unnecessarily or too often or, you know, keeping them out of tire walls where it takes longer to clean up than if you just have to give them a shove. 
So uh, so much of that is out of the racetrack's hands, unfortunately. So uh, I, I think begging and pleading is <laughs> is about the best thing that they that the track itself can do. The rest is much of the rest is up to NASCAR. Uh, one of the other articles that you wrote in uh, when this Road America news broke, you did an awesome article on uh, Rex White, uh, NASCAR Hall of Famer, who's actually one of the uh, one of the living drivers from that first race in 1956. Uh, Paul Goldsmith being the other one. I have to ask you. You said I think you said three of them are still alive. I was not able to come up with the third one. You can tell me that in just a moment, but uh, kind of tell us how this uh, the story with Rex White came about because I was yeah, I was me, just let me go ahead to it. that third guy, and it was that was a last minute thing that I went through, and I mean I trust kind of have to trust Racing Reference because um, you know some of these guys are there were what eight or nine Hall of Famers in that race. There were also yep. a bunch of guys that you really have to be knowledgeable to have any idea who they are, um, and and the third guy was one of those guys. Um, was, it, was not a name was that it I Bill recognized. Mm, no. Oh, who is the third? No, it was up up higher in the. I mean, oh, you know, I could okay. go through it again, but that's it, the bottom line is it's somebody that you know. Yeah, you probably had. You probably didn't anyway. hear about. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I, this was one that is somewhere, oh, maybe six or eight years ago, I said to myself, geez, it would have been really nice when Road America first came back, I mean, NASCAR first came back to Road America to find somebody from that that uh, that first race. And there would have been, at that point, you know, another four maybe four guys or something like that, mm-hmm. including Junior Johnson, right, who's the, although the first one out in that uh, in that particular race, uh, you know, unquestionably one of the stars of the day. So uh, it's it just something that I had in my mind for a while, uh, and usually an idea that sits in my head for four or five years is doomed. It's not coming back out, but uh, when, when this, started to, to uh, when when the talk heated up that, that Road America might legitimately be on the calendar, and it was on draft schedules that teams were seeing and whatnot, um, I reached out to some people who know a little bit more about history than I do and uh, said, hey, do you know anything about Paul Goldsmith? Is he in good shape? He'd be 94. He's the guy that, I, you know, fourth-place finisher, was alive in that race. Uh, in that race, is still alive. And he said, well, what about Rex White? Oh, sure. If he, <laughs> I'll, I'll take whoever he can find, you know. Um, so the NASCAR Hall of Fame finally tracked Rex down. Um, he, does, he keeps pretty low profile, and uh, I, I think he'd been through some health issues, so he was, he was uh, you know, he was just a little that much harder to, to, to track down. And when you're 90, sure. if you misplace your cell phone, Hey, people are going to forgive you, you know. So um, <laughs> it was great to uh, to catch up with him, and I mean, he he is he's he's sharp. There's no question about it. Uh, I, you know, you get to that point. We're talking about a race that's 65 years ago. He raced whatever, how many hundred times? Um, you maybe you question the details a little bit, but uh, you know, still a heck of a story. And to find to uh, 
to find Sports Illustrated coverage of that day certainly helped. That had uh, uh, that 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 was that was a good get. So I was yeah I was really happy to be able to do that. I, I talked to Rex um, within hours of the actual announcement um, being done, so we could say that yeah it is uh, it is happening, and they ought to invite you to come up for it. <laughs> he didn't say no. I didn't have the power to invite him, but. Uh, it's uh, you know something to think about. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was fun. Anytime you can talk to somebody like that, such a you know such a part of the history. Steve, I know what a what a histori- you know history buff, a historian you are. Um, based on the number of times I've come to you, you know that that's not my strong suit. But uh, it sure I sure do appreciate that uh, that there are people like that still around, and it, it, it is a treat to get to talk to them. Absolute. Um, it, it was it was the, the best 20 minutes I spent this week. Yeah, it is. It, it and uh, I've had a couple, uh, actually quite a few over the last 10 years to speak with Paul Goldsmith. In fact, actually hosting a I hosted a dinner in Chicago where he was one of the guests of honor. And and, and you know he just hit 95 uh, a couple days ago. Sharp as attack goes to work every day he owns uh, an airport in griffith indiana and he teaches uh pilots to this day uh, on jets jets to get their multi-engine ratings on passenger jets most of them from from china and that but paul actually told me a neat story where he went up there he was running for smoky eunuch and uh he, he got up there a few days early and a, and a gentleman that they had a preliminary race with with foreign cars Jaguars yeah. and, and and alphas and whatnot and and a gentleman asked Paul if he would race his his Jag and and Paul said sure and he ended up winning the race so first time I rode America Paul Goldsmith won the race and yeah he he he's a just a neat fella too and I don't know if he still flies I know he was flying like a year or two ago and, and wow. just an amazing amazing guy. And, uh, yeah, he's certainly uh, – and I guess it was Johnny Allen, I guess, is still alive, which is surprising. I've had no – haven't heard anything on Johnny Allen recently. But, he, yeah, he, he actually was a uh, kind of a journeyman driver in NASCAR for, for many, many years. And if, if I recall, I drove until about the mid-'60s. So driving for the great Spook Crawford in that race in uh, 1956. So, Dave, we certainly <laughs> appreciate you taking time out. And we're running up against a break here. Uh, and once again, uh, if you have a chance and you haven't, make sure you subscribe uh, to JS Online. They always have specials and whatnot. Online only. If you want a paper, you can get that too. But uh, lots of options. And, uh, Dave, we certainly uh, appreciate you taking time out. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you. All right. That was Dave Coleman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. We'll come back. We'll do a quick segment on predictions. And then after the top of the hour, we'll talk to John Orowitz on uh, his Pac West book and what's happening in Indianapolis on the Harvest Grand Prix. Coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.